0: There is something profound going on at Skinwalker Ranch, and it begs to be studied. The legend is that things happen on this ranch. What if some of it's real? Whoa, that's a definite being. Who or what could we be dealing with? I didn't believe in the paranormal when I came out on this ranch. And I paid a pretty hefty price.
1: Curse of Skinwalker Ranch. hi everyone and welcome back to that ufo podcast uh but we're here for something a little bit different today thanks for listening it's a bonus episode it is the first of our skin walker ranch watch alongs uh and i say us because i am not myself uh i'm going to bring on someone rather famous in the ufo community it seems uh particularly prominent just now getting his artwork seen by uh, by many including lou elizondo among others um so i've got you may know him as The Zignal, but I've got Dan. Dan, how are you? Hi,
0: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
1: I am awesome, thanks very much. So me and Dan had our first kind of chat in the last kind of 20 minutes getting to know each other over kind of Skype. So we um, have been talking about doing this for a couple of weeks now, both fans of the show, obviously fans of the UFO topic in general, but we've got we've got quite a lot of opinions on this show and it's something that kind of came up in our chats, is that not? you agree with that, Dan?
0: Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, We spoke uh, quite in-depth about it. Uh, Well, briefly about it. We're going to speak in-depth about it during the show.
1: So the idea being, folks, if you've not taken part in a watch-along before or you've not had any other podcasts to do watch-alongs, we have got the the full episode we are going to play on our end. I've got mine set up on the iPad just now. Dan, what about yourself?
0: Uh, It's up on the screen in front of me.
1: The idea being we're going to just give you a countdown, three, two, one, and hit play. And we're going to let the episode run. We're playing the file that has no adverts and just plays the episode right through. Now and again, we'll give you a bit of a timestamp as to what's happening on the show. But the idea being, we'll just share some thoughts for what's happening on the show at the time, what's happening on screen, and we'll see where the conversation kind of goes from there. It's a much more informal approach than the normal episodes. It's definitely something that's going to be a lot more, more fun and less intense than some of the stuff that we're, we're looking to do in the main show. So yeah, so Dan, if you're ready and I'm ready, I'm going to give the countdown three Two, one, and press play. So on the screen, folks, you should have Skinwalker Ranch has been a center of UFO and paranormal activity for 200 years. Television, television cameras have never been allowed on the property until now. What I do you like the open them?
0: with that. <clears throat> it's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very out point. We've never had television cameras really on the property covering it virtually like this ever before i think Mm -hmm. uh colin keller said they had six over the whole ranch when bigelow uh was looking after the place um but now they're just everywhere with a tv production crew as well
1: yeah and you know what that that's something that's going to be a a massive talking point throughout any of the episodes we're we're doing on this is the production there is no doubt and just from the off the production value is high it does look good the way it's done at times has been somewhat controversial and we'll no doubt get into talk about that but from the off, we've got the scene uh, just now with the the cattle on the ground. It's been clearly mutilated, so straight away but it resonates with anyone who's involved in the UFO community on the topic of UFO UAPs. And there's like, kind of something's going on, so it's kind of it's kind of struck the tone straight away. What you'd mentioned before, Dan, about the kind of the kind of cold opening reminded you of something? Do you want to kind of tell us?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it reminds me of a an Exalt episode. <laughs> Uh, I, I half expect uh, the build up to happen here and then it's cut to the famous music.
1: The famous music that I'm using currently yeah. on the main show as well. So, yeah. Uh, I'll you like you have a, a remix. Version. I do. I, I like the kind of trans remix, yeah. I am working on some different music actually just now, but that's something I'll go back to. But yeah, so we've, we see the kind of cast of characters we've not been introduced to yet. All just now doing the, the typical reality show intense cutaway stairs mm-hmm. and. Uh, the, there's the skinwalker ridge as the uinta tribe have dubbed it some some time ago 12 weeks earlier so we're right back to salt lake city in utah so for me this is where we get straight into the the main episode may 28th 2019 we're about to be introduced to the cast of characters what's your thoughts on that straight away dan because uh some serious well, looking people here
0: it's it's good that you mentioned the word cast because I think that's where a lot of controversy here comes from. Uh, mm-hmm. The scientists here aren't the best actors um, and the person that's more experienced on TV. Uh, we've had some people questioning his science credentials uh, over the, over the period of the season. Um, but I get it. I get why they would put someone in like that um, in everything you, you have someone who the audience can kind of hook on onto um, and, who goes on the journey with them, learning, and that's very much who, tra- uh, yeah, who Travis is uh, to us.
1: Yeah, and that's it's uh, it's that so. Perfect. Just to run down, to run down that cast, like you say, uh, Travis Taylor, astrophysicist, Brandon Fugle, who is the new owner and a bit of a real estate mogul. Uh, Jim Morse is the ranch manager. Eric Bard is the principal investigator on the show. Thomas Winterton, who has confirmed, will be speaking to him on the main show and interviewing him next week. Um, for an upcoming episode, really looking forward to that he is the ranch superintendent Jim Sagala is the scientist which, (laughs) so you're a scientist, yes, Batman's a scientist as as Homer (laughs) Simpson famously once said, and Bryant Dragon Arnold who is the grumpy but lovable head of security and, and straight off the bat something i'd mentioned before and i brought this up with sean cahill as well and it, it was very very kind with his the way he put it across and he's right because he's someone who's starred in a re- reality tv show and i haven't and at the end of the day this is a reality tv show it is difficult to do this and you do get asked to do the same scene over and over and over and the first time it might be natural the second time they ask you to stand a different way and then the third time you're having the same conversation These guys aren't actors, so there is a kinda element that you've got to appreciate for them. Which I get, but it doesn't it doesn't take away from the fact there are some very wooden moments and very forced moments in it.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's i I guess the choice is do you want Brad Pitt on the ranch or Eric Bard? You know? Yeah. And (laughs) you end up with someone in between. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think in between is a good place. You know, everyone there is genuine. Um, before uh i kind of went into my current line of work i was in production of tv and things like that so i've had experience of kind of resetting people and get them to discuss things in different ways to kind of save time or to dramatize certain points and things like that so i find when i'm watching the kind of this stuff all of that kind of falls away because i kind of know you know what this isn't random's choice to edit it this way it's the production teams to edit it this way you know
1: that's pretty interesting i think i i don't have a background in tv but i i I find myself whenever i watch anything that i I don't watch a reality tv to be honest i like documentaries now and again but they've got to really pique my interest but with something like this i can't help but notice the kind of cutaways and you know like my my wife watches some stuff on tv that's pretty trash television but you can tell it's like the, the facial expression doesn't match what's being said at that time so that that yeah. shot's not from that moment, and I think we've got a few bits like this as well, and it's no doubt used to kind of make it look like something's a bit more tense than it is, or there's a potential argument, or someone. I think Dragon's famous for it throughout the series, giving some pretty dirty looks towards Travis. And I always there's, think there's a, I don't think that's necessarily happened.
0: <laughs> there's a particular moment at the end of this episode uh, that I think is is exactly what you're talking about there. Yeah,
1: I think I've got it labelled for later in my notes as the argument. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it'll be that moment. So you've got Brandon kind of talking Travis basically through, and this is meant to be their first meeting. I'm sure they had met before this. Um, well, basically, here's here's the guys that you're going to be working with. Here's why we've brought you in. You know, we want someone who, as uh, a sceptic, has a kind of strong background. And, and it, Brandon says himself, to be fair, he wants the answers to the questions such as why are we here, where are we going, So he seems legitimate as an owner. Bob Bigelow very famously owned this ranch previously, and as famous as he is and controversial as he is, there's maybe a lot of people, I think myself included, sees a a bit of a lack in ultimately transparency and results that came off the back of their investigations. You've got leaked documents and leaked memos, and the government was involved in it heavily, so maybe that's why, but... Someone like that who's been on TV saying they don't give a damn about people knowing his thoughts that aliens walk amongst us and whatnot. And he's on a screen just now. Maybe you thought you would have had a bit more from him on this topic, but such is life. But what's your thoughts on Brandon as an owner?
0: He's great. To me, he seems like the real deal. You know, I've, I've had a few conversations with him on, uh, on Twitter. He's very, very transparent in terms of who he speaks to. Um, he yeah. doesn't shy away from tough questions or tough interviews. Um, yeah, he's he's invested a lot. He's invested a lot of money into this, uh, getting it all set up and ready to investigate. And then the TV series is just a great cherry on the top for him, I guess, because he gets to share it in a way the alone ever did.
1: Yeah, and like you say, he's put his money where his mouth is with this. And I think anyone you'll speak to in the in the UFO community will tell you there's not a whole lot of money to be made. So someone like him doesn't need to make money this way by buying a property that potentially for him, if he was a, if he was a total non-believer, would be a total waste of money. So he's he's got an interest in this and that does that does come across from the start, I believe. Um a little bit superheroish the way he's painted um i think coming up with the whole shots in his car and stuff but we'll get to that in a second so here this is what i wanted i'd be interested so some of the images that have been captured we've got the mesa lighting up which i find particularly uh intriguing and interesting what's your thoughts on the initial photos they're showing just now then
0: um the mesa lighting up <clears throat> yeah it's exactly as you say it's really it's interesting but I kind of want more data to look at. Um, did you watch that 24-hour feed that they put up before the show launched?
1: Do you know what? I, I watched the bits of it that would have potentially been
0: of interest. Uh, yeah, cool. Not the full 24 hours, yeah. <laughs> I'll send you, I condensed the 24 hours just down to 2 minutes 20, so you could kind of watch oh, it. It was quite nice, okay. the time lapses. But there were quite a few things in there that looked similar to the the Mesa lighting up there um and to be honest it's it's hard to see if you know it's maybe just a car driving around and the lights of the car catching it or something like that but some more data would be great there because you could just strike those things off straight away
1: yeah I totally agree with that and objectivities so are what i've used quite a lot on the, the early episodes but what about the beam of light shouldn't directly
0: upwards that's something we come back to as well later on they do they do there's a there's a kind of a whole section of an episode isn't there that revolves around it yeah or something similar
1: that was one of the questions um steven sent in actually it's probably a good type to answer it is what what do we think the beams of light are what do we think is causing them i would love to say it's some kind of portal opening up i would love to say it's you know couple of aliens kicking about with some extraterrestrial flashlight or interdimensional being but like you say it really very could easily be someone sitting with some just really strong torch you know behind the mesa it's
0: there's not enough to really show you there's, there's a certain amount of... Um, oh, actually, I'm just going to mention here. You mentioned the Bruce Wayne, th- the superhero mm. thing, and mm-hmm. he totally is painted like Bruce Wayne here. He could be Batman, yeah. I would believe it. Oh, yeah,
1: that's, <laughs> this, is, this is a slightly older Michael Keaton Batman. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, you were the um, with the Mesa lighting up, yeah?
0: Yeah, with the Mesa lighting up, you know, like you say, it could be a torch. But in all of this stuff, there's a certain aspect of... It's like when someone gives you directions to somewhere you've never been before you, you take the first maybe left that they tell you to take. And the more directions that are correct, the more you kind of trust people. Mm -hmm. Um, and Brandon for me has led us on those directions perfectly so far. So when it comes to asking, is there someone kind of sat there with a torch? I trust Brandon that no, you know, like that's, that's something anomalous. We don't know what that is. It looks like it's coming from the ground scattering as it goes up. Um, Certain things say that the sources are underground. Certain things suggest the sources are above them in the air. And it's just insane. There are so many different things going on. Science needs repeatability. And it's just yeah. hard to get.
1: And I think it's worth stating that. that Obviously, we're going to go through the whole series kind of over the course of the coming weeks. But with the first episode particularly, and as it goes on, the whole series seems to kind of set up the next series. That there's there's something going on. There is something there which I'm sure there's no doubt about anyway. However, you, there's no aliens in this series. There are no images of portals opening up. You know, there there is some UFO activity. So if you're expecting a big reveal, we don't necessarily get that. However, it does build and build, and it does seem to sense uh, set up the sense that there's, there's going to be more to come in the, the kind of second series. So we're, we're seeing uh, Brandon's brother at the moment. Um, who Brandon very kindly employs, uh, you know, <laughs> um, to fly his stunning helicopters and people back and forward to the over the Mesa and to the homesteads and whatnot. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I've got a note here though that in the chopper there's a bit of an atmospheric music comes on, and this is where you start to really, I think, see the production niggles for me come in. With, for that sure. this is where bit, they do the
0: prayer, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. They, they yeah.
0: I, I made the note here as well. Like I get it, there, there's another episode later on in the series where they have someone come in and and do a blessing. Um, so I get that there's an atmosphere where people might be a bit more used to doing these things, but they've absolutely included that for drama.
1: Yeah, and do you know what? I can believe Brandon. Brandon's made a point before saying his family are extremely religious, so. Yeah, there's obviously his brother's going to be as well. And if, if that's something he does, then fair enough. But do they necessarily have to leave that in there? But with it being in there for effect and the music and the Travis is really good. They're, they're very good at getting that timing of the, you know, the look. And it's like, yeah. uh, oh, there's a moment there's, of realisation.
0: Travis has been in uh, a few TV shows, has he? So I guess he's a bit more experienced in terms of that that uh, blue, blue steel look.
1: yeah. And, and do you know what, if you're going to say there's a main character in this, it's definitely Travis, more yeah. so even than Brandon, because he kind of takes charge from the off that we're going to see as soon as he arrives on the ranch. And I'm sure a lot of it's in the editing, but it seems to be very much follow me guys. You know, these guys have been here a couple of years now doing investigations and this new guy comes in, the kind of broad part of the the group, you know, um, oh, come on, I've, I've got some ideas, let's do this. And it it kind of gets me that some of the stuff that he suggests, why haven't they done that before? Or they no doubt or pro- probably have done it before and it's just sure. Yeah,
0: you know, one one of the things I like about the fact that Bigelow and Brandon haven't crossed data sets is that, you know, assuming that Bigelow has this big data set, we will end up with these two discrete sets of data that set tell us these things are happening. Um, Mm -hmm. And I like the separation of Travis for that same reason. You know, they they haven't kind of shown him all these things that have gone on. He's gone on to the ranch, experienced it, taken the same kind of logical steps maybe as he would have, or they did. Um, And yeah, it's good. It introduces the audience. And like you say, I think it's set up for season two where we're going to kind of go, okay, it's real now. Let's dive in.
1: Yeah. So we're starting to get some uh, shots of the, the homesteads it's pretty creepy looking not a place you would want to be at night uh yeah that's that's haunted house material right there that is jason chasing people through the woods you know (laughs) students tripping over tree branches
0: you can almost hear the whispers can you, through the walls
1: absolutely it's it's a pretty intimidating imposing place anyway and th- there are so many unique aspects of it as they kind of go through it. And if you've watched any of the other documentaries like Hunt for the Skinwalker, you know, it's, it's a pretty incredible place and there's definitely an atmosphere anyway. And uh, again, uh, I'll try not to do this too much, but to go back to the, the unnecessary production that's added on top, does it necessarily need that? And not to compare it too much to the Unidentified series, the topic and the subject and the content alone should be able to for that audience get that across without the need for the kind of over the top um, atmospherics.
0: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. Um, it kind of should stand on its own, but maybe that's the learning curve for the production crew over series one, um, and then going into series two, we'll see it amp down a bit more or yeah. step back a bit more, I guess. So I've got interesting here. We've got dragon talking about ranch
1: security, some shots of barbed wire, shots of the desert, and whatnot uh obviously they've got their guns which they are keen on but they talk about trespassers who would want to trespass on skinwalker ranch
0: me oh
1: <laughs> yeah you'd be doing that on your own because would, not, not for me go.
0: it's it i think it depends on who tells you about it you know your initial reaction mm. it's i've heard bad things about it i've heard good things about it it seems to react to people's headspace um, not to say that you know I would go on and be completely unintimidated, that would be insane. But, <laughs> um, but you know I'd be quite happy going to camp there for a week. I think.
1: Let me know how that goes. You, you <laughs> can the GoPro with you, and can I do the live feed from there? Yeah, we'll do. So some here poetry. we are. So do you know what? I love this. This this is where I was like, okay, it steps up a notch here when they show you the yeah. command center. You've heard about the investment. He's bought this ranch. This is where you go. It's not just a ranch. There is some serious money and tech in that room.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was it was amazing to see. I remember when MJ did the article and he had the photos in it <clears throat> um, of the command center that we'd all seen for the first time there. It blew my mind. It made me really excited to kind of see what was going on. Uh, you know, I can see a future where perhaps all those cameras go live and we can just see them on the Internet and things like that. Yeah. Possibility
1: that that would be great yeah because like you say there's there's a lot going on around the ranch um the room again there's another shot of it there's one two three four five six seven eight nine there's at least 10 security camera feeds on the go at one time uh and no exactly. doubt there's a lot more than that set up during the season yeah they do as it goes on do you know one thing i do love with this though and it's something if you're what if you're a Jeremy Corbell fan is that it's quite artistic at times but it doesn't overdo it with the long shots of the desert and the yeah. long kind of dragged out you know uh, yeah that, that looks great but at the end of the day it's a rock and a rock face and a cliff face and but it is, the scenery is stunning and they've, they've definitely had the weather for it as well They did not being a, not being a Utah native <laughs> I'm not sure if that's something that's normally like the, the weather's always like that but yeah they definitely had the weather for it
0: yeah for sure I wonder if it ever rains. Maybe it doesn't rain at Skinwalker. I've never heard anyone say that it rains terribly at Skinwalker, so I'm going to assume there's a nice shield over it somehow.
1: I mean, it might be a bit obvious, but I suppose it is the desert, and there's a reason it's kind of dry, and it's, you know... So, yeah, maybe the, maybe the lack of rain's pretty common. But here we've got Eric showing us the avionics they've got, identifying different aircraft. Again, that does set up some things for later in the series when they have their own incidents over the, over the Mesa
0: i like Listen, eric eric's, I mean, eric's nice eric is really good um i i like that he doesn't get bogged down in you know social media is great but he seems to shun all that and focus on the work and i i love that very dedicated i individual. do like that but
1: what now frustrates me is trying to get in touch with him to get him on the show <laughs> <laughs>
0: did you see that triangle to... there?
1: yes uh-huh well yeah
0: it haunts me I want to know what it is.
1: <laughs> but you get that exactly. and they're unidentified as well, don't you? There's a few shots of these things in the background and you wonder, yeah. are they left there deliberately? You know, those could be taken down. It's nothing always always here. And again, you've got your background in TV production that nothing on these camera shots is generally ever there by accident. So,
0: yeah, exactly. It looks like something that's up on that wall organically, but, you know, not placed it by production um yeah and looking into those points a little bit you know one seems to be cuba um within the triangle you get the bermuda triangle falling within it one of the lines kind of skims giza uh, the pyramids at giza um and may end up in in uh china where there are kind of some pyramids and tombs as well um it's guessing but i'd love i'd love those data points to kind of find out properly what it was for you know
1: very interesting. That's worth a, a last Thomas Winterton when I get him on. Or If anyone yeah, does, uh, listens to the episode and knows that themselves, give us a shout on that. So we've got Jim Sagala here. So we came back from the break and Jim Segala is telling a story about the previous owners before Bigelow's the Shermans. Uh, and they had some cattle herded uh, in a kind of pen area. Basically came out one evening to see a tall wolf like creature head poking through trying to drag one of the calves out. Um, uh, they fired off several heavy-duty rounds of ammunition into it. It took at least six of these without being phased, and then kind of turned round and ran off into the distance. They then tell you that they follow the tracks, they get to a river, the tracks then disappear, boom, gone.
0: That would be terrifying, wouldn't it? I, I don't know yeah. if it was their, their first event, but I know that when they bought it, they kind of weren't told Any other stuff that was happening, Uh, they the the gentleman Garth Myers who sold it to them, uh, supposedly just didn't tell them anything. He he said he'd hoped that it would have gone away, Um, and it didn't. And they were faced with that situation. Yeah, I
1: mean, if you're buying a place, yeah, if you're buying a place at Skinwalker Ranch, you're either buying it because you are interested in that subject and that phenomena and you want to study it, or you have no idea. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely falls either side. It's not something you would you would hear about and be like, yeah, do you know what, I'll get it anyway. You never know yeah,
0: for and sure. with all the kind of stories of what's went on. They should have put In the Path of the Skinwalker on the advert there, for sure.
1: Absolutely. So, again, we've got one of these kind of long, drawn-over shots of the, the kind of Mesa. Something that struck me at this point with Travis is that they're making a point that, as the main character, he is very sceptical, almost – almost dismissive at times of some of the claims and a little bit like you know like we've got dragon on screen just now talking about things he's seen things that have happened you know he obviously believes things are going on he's witnessed some things and he takes his role very seriously i think travis at times comes in a little bit come on guys you know ghosts come on ufo's <laughs> really that very quickly changes as the series goes on but that's definitely what they're trying to get across i think in the first first episode
0: Yeah, that's that's actually a good point. Um, I said earlier, it's kind of Travis is the audience kind of lead. Um, And yeah, he goes from very skeptical to having experiences that at the end of the show, he's 110 percent on board.
1: So we another shot of them coming across the ridge just now, this is where Travis is seemingly been taken around this kind of first time let's go around and see some different areas do you want to see the mesa do you want to see the homesteads have you heard about uh, incidents happening over here uh, we've got Jim Morse talking just now about his his thoughts and experiences on the ranch he, he tells you he's former military and he won't go out there on his own at night which is understandable and interestingly <laughs> though we get, a little, we, we get a little bit of history don't we Dan on the Ute winter tribe and the, um, the Navajo so
0: that was pretty cool. Do, Did you do yeah. any digging on that? Um only a little. Um Ryan runs a really good website uh, org, um and he's kind of compiled quite a solid history there. Um beyond that, um I often go looking for petroglyphs around North America because there are just loads everywhere. Um and there are so many around the Uinta Basin, like the history that goes back so long. Um yeah
1: we've got the eyes so jim morse is telling us about his encounter with a i'm guessing wolf-like creature when he was out one evening they, they do the kind of cgi video of what he saw it scared him enough that with his background and you know he's pretty kind of big burly guy that he doesn't want to go back out on his own doesn't feel safe again there's been a few of these kind of wolf encounters wolf stories that seems to be the history of like the whole skinwalker appeal and um, skinwalkers were basically after the Navajo cursed the land for the the Uinta tribe, then all this stuff kinda started happening after that, I'm guessing.
0: I'm not sure there's a there's a date for when it started. In terms of the curse, I know there's no date um, or record of it happening. It's more of a word of mouth thing. Mm-hmm. Um they they asked someone, I forget who it was. Um about the the history and whether there was a curse placed on the land and um, they couldn't actually place any U tribes uh, in the area but they did say it. it doesn't mean they're not there it just means they don't have records of it
1: okay that's pretty interesting so we've got travis doing his best ghostbusters impression here with his trifield meter so this is something that i think i've seen i've not finished the full series myself yet i've been kind of watching it uk time recently so i've got a couple of episodes left um, although I have heard pretty much what happens in final episodes and whatnot. But the Trifield meters come up quite a lot through the series. Uh, not being a scientist myself, I'll admit. Uh, I've heard some things about some of the readings, maybe not being as, my, um, as spectacular as, as are made out at times. But there are some genuine periods where, you know, if the readings are genuine, which, again, your Brandon Fugles have come out and said they are. And any any issues that have came up have been more of a mistake within the editing then uh, we should really believe that, you know, what what these guys are talking about, what they're saying is genuine. So Travis is saying he wants to go up higher. He's getting some pretty strong readings. They talked about that it's basically measuring radiation, frequencies, things across the spectrum. And we get the first kind of glimpse that Travis is interested that something might be happening.
0: Yeah, this is very much his kind of first experience, isn't it? Um, Yeah. I definitely would like one of those tri field meets in my kit uh very versatile little things i i think the the numbers especially go back to what you were saying about the production um for me when i see those readings go up i don't necessarily go oh my god those numbers aren't as bad as they're saying they are my takeaway is there's something happening that yeah. doesn't normally happen you know that's it. it's an indication
1: and without being a, being a scientist yourself and knowing you know some of those numbers might be you know, but oh, well, that that would be expected, and something to come to talk about pretty soon um, is the the fact that there were atomic bomb tests done pretty locally. I think they said within like 100-115 miles back yeah. in the fifties, and as we know that that radiation dust particles can travel, so there there is straight away potential for that could, that could be some of these readings,
0: which is which yeah, is absolutely. fair. absolutely. It, it would be really great if they found out that some of these readings were mundane in a way, um, just to kind of show that they're genuine and don't think that any small thing that happens on the ranch is anomalous.
1: Absolutely and I think some people can get so defensive with, with some of this stuff and you know this is where you need people to be at the midway point between a, a Mick West and a, a David Wilcox. Yeah, you know, for sure. You've got someone with with extremes either way that really want to prove this is true and you have to believe everything on the, on the other end someone who wants to believe none of it even though they probably do Mick let's be honest um <laughs> In the middle of that, you've got to be able to say that, do you know what? Some of these things are natural. Some of them aren't phenomena. Some of them do occur for whatever reason, okay? But you don't need a thousand UFO sightings to all to, all to be true for it to be real. What you need is one, and that's yeah. that's that's the case, you know. That all the rest of them, when the day comes that there's a disclosure and we find out what's really happening, or you know, maybe we do get that UFO in the White House lawn. uh um, ideally goes through the white house at the minute but you know on, on the day that we do get that ufo on the white house lawn the rest doesn't really matter anymore it's okay so it's from there where do we go and it's, it's a whole new way of finding things out so what happens in the past doesn't necessarily matter anymore so we've got one of our, our round tables that are going to be a feature of the, the series as we go on so they're talking about different measurements that have been taken dragons already taking a dislike into travis it seems this is i think where we're getting close to the look
0: yeah you i wonder how much time they they spent together before you know this meeting because you can almost Hmm. see them kind of become friends over the season and i'm not sure that either either of them would speak to each other quite in the same tone they do here uh, at the end of the season as they do at the beginning
1: yeah that that's that's pretty fair. Yeah, Dra- Dragon's pretty defensive and he's he's grumpy and lovable. Again, he comes across like <laughs> that, you know. You can see the look he's given Travis just now as Travis kind of takes center stage and It's it's a bit like, you know, they've got a football team that's been like a well-oiled machine or a soccer team for any American listeners. And they've been playing well and they've played together for years. And you know what? The manager, Brandon Fugles, went and made this big new superstar signing. And this guy's came in like, do you know what? I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And here's how you can all help me. So right now there's a lot of of shots of, you know, can you listen to this guy? You know Are you listening to him? But there's a a little bit of conflict kind of brewing. But I think that's just the nature of reality TV
0: it's possible that Dragon's been asked to say this like twenty times by this point as well. <laughs> he might be yeah. doing something totally different.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, he's even reacting to the same thing. It could have been a facial expression from the work, you know, let's get some just eating, let's get some food in for the night, you know, let's have a chat. And he's he's just not been happy with the sound of the discount that's been applied and what he's been asked to pay. You never know.
0: So that's is where was, we're getting some of
1: the on you go, with man. Him,
0: um with Dragon. You know, he is cautious um but if i'd hide him for security i'd want him to be that way you know if if we had him running jurassic park i think kids would still be happy there
1: yeah uh-huh. he's like he'd be one of those no no the dinosaurs should be let run free look T. <laughs> Rexes are harmless yeah they're, they're, they're definitely vegetarian they're, you know so that, this is something i want to get your thoughts on right i, I had a thought here and this is maybe a little conspiracy ish right but you know is that not the whole reason for these shows? Absolutely. So they're talking about the atomic the atomic bomb tests in the 50s, so could that be a reason for the activity increasing, even though before that the, the activity seems to have been there from what 1911 is documented, or could that be a reason that area was chosen deliberately to bomb, because in that area, maybe back then even, the US government had reason to believe there was something potentially in the area that they wanted rid of and their idea was again 115 miles in the desert it's not not that far away to be fair was it a reason they bombed it or am i just you know putting two and two together and getting 10
0: it's an interesting theory like you say it's not it's not too far away there is a connection between the phenomena and and uh, you know nukes <clears throat> um Absolutely. well established so it's very interesting that you say that um i also think that you know when you, you look at what we have today where we can see the gravity anomalies and the magnetic anomalies all over the earth Mm -hmm. those things may not have been available in those days so you wouldn't know where to avoid if something bad was going to happen if you were operating and testing in one of those areas you know we just don't know the knock-on effects on it so like you say it could be intentional it could be um accidental
1: and that's i mean you talk about things like the atom and and going down and splitting the atom you know these these atomic tests could multiple atomic tests open up any kind of partial door that was already there was there a potential for something in the area multidimensional and interdimensional et ultra terrestrial whatever it might be and because of all that testing it just had a there was a door and the door was cracked open a little bit and whatever happened just opened it that bit further and that's why we had like an increase potentially afterwards and yeah so we're Very coming awesome. back from the last break now skinwalker ranch command center this is where the title of episode one uh we should have said was bad things happen when you dig and the the show ends basically with an argument about digging what's your thoughts on the whole aspect of digging on the ranch dan
0: it certainly seems that there's a lot of witness testimony that says digging is bad um and not just written down witness testimony uh thanks to this program we we have moments where we can kind of not necessarily say this is definite correlation but we can see someone's being injured or you know for example i think the ground shakes in the episode doesn't it when they when they dig a bit um yeah <clears throat> we can see for ourselves that things happen when you dig um so even though I'd camp there, I'm I'm not sure uh, I would go digging there necessarily. Um, but you've got to wonder why why it is. Is there something down there that we don't want to find, or they don't want us to find? I should say.
1: So, so that was another question that was sent in uh, by Stephen as well. Is what do we think is buried underneath? That's not something that's necessarily focused on within this episode, and we come back to that. However, I am more than happy to to talk about that now. I would love. Honestly, I don't know and we, we don't, and that's the whole point of the show at the moment. They, they do look and, you know, they draw a bit of a shape and it wouldn't be too much of a stretch to say it looks like there could be some large metallic type object, almost disc-shaped UFO shaped underneath.
0: Yeah, I mean, but, um, as, as the show went on, I was kind of mapping out all the points that they were kind of popping up on screen and the, the shape of the readings they take when they do dig down is kind of tic-tac-y. I'm not saying that that's what it is, but no, no, it could be right, that there's a you're type right. of ship that's crashed there and that they're just, you know, pinging on the top of it, or it could just be a tunnel. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, and and they do say that themselves. And you say crashed, could it have been put there? Could it be there covered? You know, people talk about stuff in Antarctica, to go off-topic very slightly, but again, things that are either crashed there, put there, you know... Um, yeah there, there, there's something no doubt to that I, I fall on the side of what travis did say at the start if you're if you're talking about digging and when you dig something happens then you've got to get some scientists that are happy to go with do you know what let's dig because if you want to to bring on the phenomena as and but then as we're going to find out it's happening just now so we're here on thomas winterton again like i say i'm going to speak to thomas next saturday uh, with a view to release one of the episodes coming up for the main show um, about his experiences on the show, the new series coming up. Thomas himself, as we're seeing just now, had an incident after digging on the ranch where he had a swelling, not on his brain, but between his scalp and his skull, which he says medically they could not tell him what it was. There was no explanation for it. And this happened almost immediately after digging into the ranch. So I get why if, if there is something there that is, it seems to be harmful, or potentially harmful, then there'd be trepidation about doing that.
0: It's, it's interesting that it didn't damage everybody, though, right? Like, it's mm. only enough to happen to one person, or it's targeted at one person. It, it's strange.
1: Yeah, he he did do the digging himself, though, didn't he? So uh, again, is that because it was him that dug? You know, it's it's a warning to him, but then why wouldn't it just warn anyone involved? It's something weirds happened medically to him anyway. You know, if it's something again that can't be explained, it looks looks pretty severe from the
0: the scans they show you on the TV. But yeah, absolutely. Like it's a sizable bump, isn't it?
1: Oh yeah, and again, as as we find out, you know, spoiler alert. Um, in a couple of episodes' time, uh, same thing starts to happen again after after some digging at the, you know, when when they start kind of digging down, again, it's Thomas that's affected, so that's something we'll speak to Thomas himself about coming up, but Tom, I like Thomas, he's a genuine guy in this. Yeah, Tom, Thomas I'm, is a very
0: I'm, nice guy,
1: very genuine. I'm really curious <laughs> as to the, the role of what our, a ranch superintendent does, it's a very cool title.
0: Make sure you ask him.
1: Uh, I'm, I, I, that's going to be my first question, you know, <laughs> how do you get to a point in your life where you're, you're dubbed a ranch superintendent? So here we go, they're, uh, they're arguing just now if you were going to do a shot drinking game for every time Dragon had a disagreement or shot a look in Travis's direction, you would be passed out on the floor by now. So Dragon is at his wits' end, it seems, with the, the notion or thoughts of digging. But what they're going to do, uh, as they kind of normally do, is go to the, the head honcho, Brandon. I love that Eric, though, seems to be like the, the, the brothers are arguing and he's like, the, the little brother goes, right, okay, we're going to phone Dad and just ask him. So... <laughs>
0: It's they funny you say brothers, Actually, because the they, you know, Thomas. There's certainly a dynamic within the group, and and I wonder if uh, you know Thomas is a bit more little brothery than the the rest of the guys. Um, but it, it there's there's a almost emotional connection with the phenomenon, and if yeah. it keeps targeting him, you know, it it could be the reason because they're all concerned yeah. about him.
1: Yeah, no. Do you know what? That's that's a really good point, actually. Um, even even Brandon is he he agrees to let them proceed with caution, I believe is his phrasing. But yeah, they they all do have that kind of care and connection for Thomas. Um, yeah, he has a very nice character. The way he comes across in this whole thing, type of guy. There's not a bad bone in his body. So is that a reason that he was targeted? That even though he dug, he's he's doing that because other people are asking him to. So yeah, dragons pleading his case here that yeah we shouldn't be digging. You know, bad things happen when you dig, as we know. Brandon's uh in his office and and Brandon's busy schedule. It's amazing he's found just a few minutes of spare time to take this call at the point they needed and just be there to go. Do you know what? I'm just about <laughs> to close a, a multi-million dollar real estate deal here in Utah, but I literally had a five-minute break just now when you guys called. So
0: definitely, he even does that. A lucky I time. have to go now, guys. Thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, keeps the illusion complete.
1: Absolutely. I'd rather, and that's that's the thing. I'd rather they drop that for the upcoming series, and just you know, it, you can see Travis look looking like he's trying to hold in, like yeah, some kind of an upset stomach. Um, <laughs> so Travis has kind of got his way. Dragon's not necessarily happy. They they want to dig, but. Uh, there's a bit of a bombshell so at this point we've got two minutes and 45 seconds pretty much left of the episode the case is mentioned the mysterious case any fans of the movie Pulp Fiction will be thinking of the mysterious <laughs> case from that and do you know what as far as we can kind of find out you know you don't know that wasn't was in that case of Marcellus Wallace however yeah that that is the kind of cliffhanger we're about to be left on here what's your thoughts on the case Dan and the way they kind of wrap up the episode
0: well we were focused on that case for a week um you know someone found a screenshot of it in a preview where you could actually see the magnet there um but it was so dramatized and it really is like this big example of exactly what you you, you were speaking about um where the show just doesn't need it at all <clears throat> there are a couple of reaction shots in here um where people stand up in awe and I'm, it just didn't convince me. I, I didn't think it needed to happen. It wasn't as big of a mystery um, as it was made out to be. I yeah, think we some got the reactions or alien head, yeah. or You know, so exactly,
1: exactly what I was going to say. What were you expecting? Some kind of alien skull, or oh, do you know what? Here's the the key to an underground base. So we've got actually got the houses, a UFO underneath. But as we do find out, and it's it's a really strong magnet. I appreciate so, yeah.
0: being careful with it, but you know, maybe I know, maybe maybe magnet lovers were blown away by it in a way that we wouldn't be.
1: Ab- absolutely, magnet lovers are going. It's it's the holy grail of magnets, you know. <laughs> and as as we see them kind of standing up, having a look, it's the show ends. In, in
0: hindsight, and... it looks like the reactions are confusion as to why it's been drummed up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, why? Why have you got the magnet out? Yeah. Oh, I mean I suppose they don't know that's the end of an episode you know it's
0: like that was just
1: what was happening at the time but we're now getting uh, the what's to come in season one and we're getting as you'd expect all the action shots we've got Lin- a shot of Linda Moulton Howe there uh, we've got shots of them going down into one of the homes of the, the caretakers of the ranch so the, yeah, there, the there's country. a few bits in hindsight or maybe I don't want to say misleading but some of the they've, they've definitely chosen some of the more fantastical wording, such as you know that could be human remains, which we find out it's not.
0: um Which you know it it's it could be, but the chance there is going to be is is slim, and I think a bit of honesty there and directness would be better.
1: Yeah, and and there we have it. That is the end of episode one. So Dan you've watched the first episode now that's that's probably your second or third viewing of it okay obviously you've watched it with an eye for for recording this episode what's your thoughts looking back on episode one as a whole
0: um i think it's a strong opening episode before this episode i didn't really have a good idea of kind of the overview of the ranch where everything was um the people involved and i think it set that out really really well um it also, at the end of the episode, someone mentions the word belief. And I think in, in hindsight, from the end of the season, moving from thinking that this is a belief to a real thing, I think is the absolute path of the season. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of where Travis ends up. Right. And it, it's the same with Unidentified. The first season was about building that watertight case to kind of go right the question of whether this is a thing isn't the question anymore this isn't belief this is real let's get on with this now
1: yeah no, no is this a thing but what is this thing so yeah from my yeah. point of view it's definitely again I've, I've, I've got to take hindsight that i've seen most of the series i know what happens and I've, I've seen people discussing with others online like thomas winterton basically set this up really nicely as if you think of season one actually let me get the um, one of the listeners, Mark, who's on Patreon as well, had been speaking to Thomas on Facebook, um, and he sent me a little capture of the conversation, and they talk about the oh. a big dis- a big discovery, um, 1,000 feet under the ground. They dug for two minutes, then stopped. No more of the same. That, that was a bit frustrating. And Thomas really interestingly basically said, I think of season one as going to the hospital. First, you're going to have your temperature checked and blood pressure. A bunch of simple tests to determine what should be done next. After looking at the data, the doctor will prescribe the next series of tests. Now, maybe a more expensive CT scan. Uh, after looking at the data, the doctor prescribes prescribe series of tests. Uh, I'm hopeful season two will begin to dig deeper into the some of the things we experienced in season one. So that's like we said, they're, they're definitely they've set up season two. But what you will find in season one is if you're a fan of Skinwalker Ranch, you'll see the ranch in kind of detail you've never seen before. You'll see some incidents that may or may not have levels of credibility or validity that, you know, you can decide for yourself, but when you take someone like Brandon's view into consideration then it's definitely, you know, something's been going on and you've got to you've got to take it for what it's worth. This the second series though, which is, is should be getting filmed soon and released later on in the year, you know, COVID depending, um, is definitely look, it's going to kinda of step things up a level, which I think it would need, but would be would be really welcomed and I think would make season one all the more kinda of relevant and interesting. I've got, I've got a really good question, okay? So I, I know you've not heard this one, Dan, but sure. um, Stephen also asked, do you think the Native American tribe that originally put the curse on the basin were in contact with the phenomenon, possibly going back thousands of years, and the contact knowledge was passed on through every generation, some kind of CE5 protocol?
0: Yes, in a word well, <clears throat> the, the better way to, to, I guess, answer that would be that I'm a big... Fan of the idea of going back and kind of into the oral stories, um, because there were a lot of uh, you know tribes and peoples who that's the way that they communicated their stories. They didn't write things down, you know. Um, and a lot of that seems to suggest something other. Um, people people were a lot more open to spiritual uh, aspect of life back then, uh, whereas we're very kind of hard science based these days. Um, And I I just think being open to that, especially with my experience with CE5, um, brings that stuff in a lot more. Uh, So, yeah, absolutely. I I think probably Stephen isn't too far off the truth there, that there was some interaction in the past.
1: Awesome. Yeah, um, that's something that when I've spoken to a few different people, um, Jason Gleaves, Gary Verhees, Sean Cahill particularly, about the aspect of like spirituality within this and consciousness being heavily involved, which is something that's definitely become more prevalent in the field the last couple of years. Tom DeLong I know I know people have their own views on Tom DeLong. I'm a huge fanboy. I've never had that with him. Um he has very much brought consciousness to be a massive part of it. Dan has shown me just <laughs> Dan is showing me uh, some of his his best kind of stickers just now on his cam. Uh
0: One is a UFO that says, I believe in Tom DeLonge.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you know what I do? And I think he's someone who's very enthusiastic, like myself, who has access to now a level of knowledge far beyond what he ever probably expected. And while he doesn't know the complete picture, he knows a hell of a lot more than almost everyone else, barring maybe a Luella Zondo and a Chris Mellon. Um, But Dan, I can't um, not ask you, you mentioned before about your own CE5 experience I'm sure. sure people might want to hear a little bit about that if you want to kind of divulge. Uh,
0: it's an ongoing thing, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> I started doing it with intention. Um, I, I record, I share a little bit of it on Twitter. Uh, it's kind of pinned on my profile. So my first recorded CE5 was 10th of May <clears throat> uh, 2019. Um, kind of looking through the description, it was very haphazard. Um But I got responses um, and they were responses where, you know, say something's in the sky rotating, you would get a flash that was cyclical every, you know, two, three seconds or whatnot. Um, And that's just not my experience. My experience is that, you know, I see a light flash in the sky. I wait seven seconds, say hi, it'll flash back. Then I'll wait 12 seconds, say something again, and then I'll get a flashback. Um, and recently that's turned into very much more than one light in the sky. Um, I had three across the sky a few nights back, which was just insane. Um, one flashed at me. I engaged it the same way as I described another one flashed engaged and then the other one flashed and then there was nothing. So just that kind of, you know, the number three, that trifecta again. Um, yeah. Have you, have you tried it? No, it's something that I, I
1: do plan on trying. Um, I just watched Stephen Greer's documentary uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I'd like to review that d- down the line for the pod, so that may be good to have you on for that one as well. Um, th- there's definitely something to it, um, especially with, going back to the question that we had off Stephen regarding, you know, native um, indigenous Americans, you know, Native Americans, uh, and the, they do have a spiritual a spiritualness that they, they have never lost and this is something I spoke with Sean Cahill about that that's something that our society the way it's gone is more technologically advanced we have different priorities and different aspects of our life where that's kind of taken a bit of a back seat yeah, so someone absolutely. like Stephen Greer as controversial as he is I do, I do agree with his philosophy of you know if we can get 1% of the world doing this that would be fantastic However, I think there's a lot of what Stephen Grier says, where he wants one percent of the world paying him to do it, which maybe <laughs> is is slightly different um for for you know what what could be accessed or open to so many more people um, yeah, absolutely. but that's, but that's that's fair enough he's, he's, he's he puts a lot of his own time into that kind of stuff as well and you know at the end of the day if he, if he makes a living off of this helping people, I don't see anything wrong with that but yeah it, there's a little bit of a mixed message there with it, but I think the the actual The the nature of when you drill down to what people are trying to achieve with it, yeah, it's something I would like
0: to try. Um, But yeah, in terms of of doing it, information-based, like you know, information that will help you. Stephen Grier is—he's a good introduction, but this didn't start with him. Like you say, it goes back time immemorial you know it just goes back and back um i really like on twitter engaging the uh, Engage in, Thee, uh Engage in the phenomena is the youtube channel uh, he does a yes. lot for free um and he'll share he's been out in the desert with gria he's you know had his experiences and he's more than happy to share uh what he's been taught so i'd recommend kind of popping on that youtube channel and having a look if anyone's interested
1: do you know i will and i've just subscribed to that pretty recently i've just done a video for his up-and-coming ask ufo twitter um Great. on skinwalker ranch funnily enough so people are going to see my lockdown haircut and my lockdown weight um face to face for the first time so if anyone's intrigued or interested as to what i look like god help you um but yeah so i filmed that video for engaging there so that that was really good um so i'll be appearing on there but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll delve into that because I did kind of notice he had some CE5 videos up and whatnot. But yeah, that's a really interesting in topic. And that's something that I wonder in future series, do they explore that more? They do get in uh, later on in the series, uh, one of the natives uh, of the uh, one of the tribal leaders who comes and does a bit of a blessing for them as well. So, again, there's that whole aspect of, you know, contact and spiritualism consciousness that there's something to it you know and and there's almost a conversation
0: there as well when he does the blessing right like he does the blessing and then he gives them advice on what to take as a sign to stop digging as if he's been spoken back to is really really an odd moment
1: and that's where you look at uh, and i won't go into the religious aspect of it too much but there's definitely shows down the line for that when you look at some religions and the way they've evolved evolved or devolved even you know depending on your (laughs) views um the the whole nature of the prayer whereas like you said the way he does the blessing it is almost a conversation rather than you know speaking to a god about this and i would like this it's more of a you know come on you know we want to work with you we want to be part of this and that when you talk about everything being connected and all being kind of one i i've got far 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 more uh, believability and you know acceptance of that as opposed to there is one supreme being lives in the cloud in the sky and that's that's just my opinion and that's that's up to other people to have theirs i'm not i'm not particularly religious to be honest but what i would think is a lot of it does have a grounding in the, the ufo or the phenomena that it goes back to that and that's something that you can kind of see more and more but that was a really good question Stephen. and some really good ones sent in there thank you very much so with time kind of running out, um, Dan, any final thoughts and what you're looking forward to coming up for the next episodes?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. All the episodes are kind of blurred together with me. <laughs> I've seen them so uh, much. Time. Um, I think, I think, getting into probably a lot of discussion will come from the the exotic animals they bring onto the ranch, um, and you know the levels of danger there, and so on, so forth. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess what they could do better going forward for that, because there has been a lot of conversation around that, uh, but it'll just be good to to get that out of our systems, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I'm hoping to maybe pick up some things this time going forward, and now I can kind of put my issues with the production values at times aside, maybe look more about what the actual content is and the data that they discuss and kind of find out a little bit more. Again, I, I'm not a scientist. I have one of the world's worst memories, um other than things like ufology and you know incidents and people's names and stuff it's just that kind of stuff sticks with me so if there's ever anything that comes up and people want to kind of correct us on or let us know a little bit more about please do on the the twitter so remember folks the twitter is at ufo uap for the podcast you can subscribe to our patreon which is patreon.com forward slash that ufo podcast this show will become a patreon exclusive uh the the first episode we've done today will be free for everyone permanently Going forward, it'll be released on Patreon with a view that down the line the episodes will come out um, further forward, but to to reward those that are supporting the show via Patreon, that's very much appreciated. Any ideas for other bonus shows, give us a shout. I'd love to do that. Um, And Dan has had some brilliant artwork recently, um, artwork that he has put online, which has been seen by none other other than Lou Elizondo himself. Dan, do you want to talk just a little bit before we finish up about the the artwork?
0: Um, Truth. This is what it is. Uh, I, I guess it surprised me that it hadn't been number four uh, with Lou, um, really because you know that's that's his north star, his truth, and telling people and getting that out. And I understand that it's a little slow uh, for some people if we if we follow it daily. Um, but he's set on that, and I felt like he should, you know, be put in that kind of same light as that Obama hope poster. Um, it's something great to reach for. Um, yeah, so I put it out there based on a tarot reading that I got on Twitter, which was really funny. I was really nervous about it. And then it was that, just Was that from Diana? That's chance? right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, I kind of do a lot of things and I always get nervous about sharing them. Um, but her tarot reading kind of just pushed me to do it. And I did. And yeah, amazing <laughs> things happened.
1: Yeah, and, and here we even are down the line, and it was it was incredible, and it's amazing that Lou has even seen your artwork. Uh, Dan, uh, I hope you'd be coming back for the second episode, yeah?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to it. It's been a, an absolute pleasure, and I'm humbled to be a guest on here.
1: No it's great listen I hope people have enjoyed the more informal in kind of format and bit of a conversation and it's nice for me to get to share some of my thoughts and obviously the, the main show is always going to be me talking to a guest from Ufology about an incident of experience or something that's coming up uh, that just this week coming up remember I've got MJ Benayas. I'm interviewing on Tuesday evening I'll be speaking to MJ then on Friday I've got Nick Pope which is a really big personal highlight for me because i've been a fan of nick pope for years i went to one of his lectures some time ago when he was back in the uk so nick pope will be great and then on the following saturday i'll be speaking with thomas winterton that's just the next three coming up and i do have quite a few more names for down the line as well one that i would love to announce and i can't um but it will be relevant to future shows that are coming on Dan is smiling Riley future shows that are going <laughs> to be zip. coming on our screens that we might be looking forward to, but just at the minute, I can't announce the uh, the name, but again, that's, that's very excitable as well. So um, there's a lot coming up folks. I appreciate everyone listening. Uh, give us your thoughts and feedback on this. If you watch along with us, you know, play the episode, let us know what your thoughts were looking back. If you just yeah. listened along again, get, give us a shout out, give us some feedback, um, but follow Dan at the signal, on twitter follow the podcast myself at ufo uap am you've got the patreon patreon.com forward slash that ufo podcast and as always your listens are the most appreciated thing um awesome dan thank you very much and i look forward to speaking to you next time
0: thank you <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to progressive could save big. But then what? We could romance the legal copy. It never gets the attention it deserves. And some lawyer worked real hard on it. So take it away, lawyer. <clears throat>
1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary.
0: Now that was some beautiful legal. Well done, lawyer. Well done.